listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. All right, this is the end of July. I'm sitting down with Terrence Doyle to do a check-in on the 2021 goals that he set. We had a launch party for the book like about two months ago. We've talked about this a lot the last uh, few weeks. And now we're going to sit down and talk about goals and how they're set up in 2021. So good to have you back, Terrence. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It's been a while since I've been in the studio and there's been a lot going on. So I'm excited to share some updates, some things we've learned. And let's just pause for a minute and talk about that party. I think we need to have a quarterly book party or a reason for a quarterly party. That was a lot of fun. Our team really enjoyed it. Shout out to everybody that helped put that together. Katie, Brittany, Jordan, MC in the event. Uh, we're forgetting some people. Diana, Jules. There were so many people that went into putting that on, but it was incredible. I really enjoyed meeting some of the people that we haven't met. And that was a great experience. I totally agree. And that's actually on our agenda is do an event every quarter. Let's plan it. All right. All right, cool. So getting into the goals here. Do you actually remember when you wrote this? I believe I started to write it in December. Jen, you and I had a call probably early December, and then I started writing it shortly after that. So this is probably eight months ago that I put this down on paper. And when you and I were talking and trying to brainstorm some new podcast ideas, I thought it would be interesting to go back and look at this. I haven't looked at it since the book came out and to read through what I wrote and what my goals were in 2020 for this year versus what we've actually gotten done through seven months of the year. Isn't it fun to sit down, like you kind of forget what you wrote and you come back and read it like six or eight months later? I find that very enjoyable. Absolutely. Especially when you can flip open a book. That's right. Yeah. It was great. All right. Let's go through it. Goal number one, raise 30 million in equity for value add real estate fund number one. Yeah. I believe it was probably November, October, November last year. I was approached by several of our current limited partners in some of the syndications that I've done around Denver and their proposal was, why don't we raise a blind pool of capital so that you can get into some larger, more institutional projects, have more ammunition you know, behind you, and for the LPs, get better terms, right? Because it's a blind pool, not deal by deal. So basically, people are committing capital, and then we call it as we do deals. And that was a great trade-off, right? The LPs are getting uh, an opportunity to have a little bit more upside. And then I'm having the confidence knowing that we've already got people committed to do deals. All I have to do is go and find deals that fit the buy box that we've created. So that was really exciting for me. I'd never thought about doing that. I mean, a lot of people discuss building a fund that had never really been something I had wanted to do or dreamed of doing, but it's been great. I mean, we've raised a bunch of capital. I've been able to meet some incredible people and we're having a lot of fun. It has definitely helped me get in the door of some larger, more institutional projects. And I'm really, really excited about the stuff we're working on there. So stay tuned. We'll be able to talk about more of those projects. To date, we've closed one project in Des Moines. It's 108 units. And we've got three or four more under contract that are all 100 plus unit buildings between Denver and Des Moines. And the goal there was just to create sustainable cash flow that's really irreplaceable that we can hold long term in markets that we really believe in where we have a real competitive competitive advantage. And so I'm really excited to continue to discuss that and really build wealth for our clients. Yeah, that'd be a lot more fun to, to just dive into detail and discuss it. We'll uh, be able to dis- dissect that more in the coming months. So moving on, number two, hire a COO 
to run the day-to-day operations of Verico. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, one of the highlights thus far this year has been hiring Philip Kreis, our director of operations. I had known Philip for eight to 10 years. He's from Des Moines, Iowa. He had been a broker at CBRE. He has a master's in finance from Chicago Booth and worked for Lennar Multifamily in Chicago prior to joining us. So he had real relevant experience. And the, the bigger thing for me was I trusted him. I knew him. Him and I spent a lot of time together. And I just felt like this was the kind of person I really wanted to build a larger company with. I believe you and I used to talk all the time last year just about you know when you're trying to build something and everything funnels up to you, it's really hard to focus on growth and top line uh, uh, objectives and items. So it became very clear to me late last year that I needed to hire someone that would really run the company so that I could focus on three things, which was raising capital, sourcing opportunity, and creating more content on the media stuff that you and I do. You know, Those are really the three things that no one else can do as good as me. And I could hire people around me to do the other things 80% as good as what I do, or even better, right? But at minimum, 80%. And that's what this has really allowed me to do. I mean, the last... He came on April 1st, and it's completely changed the business. We've hired five new people since then, or really Philip has. So, the, so Philip's you know, job description was, you're going to run the company and you're going to hire the, and train the people to run every aspect of the business. So property management, we're starting a, a property management company called Lavender Property Management. Lavender to us just really brings the idea of what we want it to be for our, our residents. We want it to feel relaxing, comfortable, and safe, just like a spa. Mm. And so when you walk into our properties, it's going to smell like lavender. We're going to have lavender and you know, kind of aroma that makes you feel very comfortable as if you're in a spa. And that's really what our goal is for our properties, that people feel relaxed, they're able to be more productive, and they're able to be a better version of themselves based on how clean, how comfortable, and how safe the property is. And we're going to do that at an affordable price. So Lavender Property Manager, so his goal and his job description is he's going to hire those people, make sure that they're trained, and make sure that they're running the property management the best way that we can. And then construction, you know, our construction division, we have two superintendents currently, uh, we have a foreman. And so we have probably 15 active job sites that we're doing. We're even starting to do some third-party construction for some of our clients that are in, in our fund and offering them our services to turn their apartment units or their construction sites. And so that's been a new branch of the business that we've really, I think, grown and crystallized this year. But Philip's going to be overseeing that. He's going to be overseeing the brokerage that we're starting just really to be able to source deals in other markets. The Denver market, we have some great strategic uh, partners on the brokerage side, but in third in, in other markets, specifically Des Moines and maybe some of the other markets we're looking to go into, having a dedicated team that knows how to cold call and really dig up opportunity that fits our buy box as we grow the fund. And then the last one is asset management. So the back office team that does all the reporting, all the financials for the company and for our investors. And so Philip, you know, to date has hired some incredible people and he's really helped me think more about scaling a company, attracting talent, and what it looks like to be a good leader and manager of people versus what I used to think about before, which is just doing deals, right? And so Philip's been an incredible addition. I'm super thankful and really excited for him and what he's going to be building and the value he's creating for the company. That's really exciting. Yeah. I knew a lot of that, but some of that I did not know. Yeah. So it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, that was something I identified 
And thankfully, you know, I was able to hire someone that I already knew that I already had a lot in common with. And as you know, and as we've talked about hiring people in this market is so challenging. And so I've, I've really enjoyed working with them. You know, a few of the things that we've been talking about is just hiring for, for culture, not resume. And, you know, so Philip and I've spent a lot of time talking about culture. You know, what is the Verco culture? You know, what are we trying to, what are we, what do we believe in intrinsically? That is what makes us special and differentiates us so that we can then communicate that to people we're interviewing so that they can decide if that's a culture that they want to be a part of mm -hmm. and if that's something they can get passionate about. And, you know, and in the past, I've never really clearly identified our culture, but it's become really evident over the last two or three months that that to me is like really one of the fundamentals. If you're looking to build a team or hire that you really have to first spend time and identify what is our culture? What is our culture? And so for me, it looked like just writing down a bunch of notes and just brain dumping on what are the things that I believe in that have really helped me get to where I'm at and how do I crystallize that? So within like two minutes, I can talk to someone about that that I'm meeting with. And then you can just tell based on their energy and their response, whether or not they resonate with that and they want to be a part of that. You know, so some of the things that we've identified for our culture was, you know, high energy. You know, we want to be, we want to hire people that bring us energy that we, we energize them and they energize us. So high energy, really hungry, scrappy. You know, I'm from Des Moines, as we've talked about, which is just a small midtown city. Not a lot going on there. But what we do have is a great work ethic and we're scrappy, right? We're that, we're that team that you look, you look across, you know, from the stands and we're shorter, we're slower, we're less, you know, attractive than the other team. But man, we out hustle, we outwork uh, our competition. And so hungry, humble, scrappy, high energy, a high sense of urgency, right? When we think about being fiduciaries for other people's capital on one side of the business and then providing homes that are safe, affordable, comfortable, and that bring out the best in them. You know, those are things that really matter. And I think are a really high priority and you have to handle those with care. And so you have to have people that really believe in that and that have a high sense of urgency, right? That when we're doing construction projects, that we're doing things on time, on budget with a high sense of quality. And then when we're looking at underwriting deals, we're doing that with a fine tooth comb and we're really specific and we hone in on the details so that we don't miss anything so that we can be the best stewards of, of, of our investors capital. And so a high sense of urgency, I think understanding that speed, I think one of the big light bulb moments for me was realizing that what I'm best at is creating opportunity and the, our, my competitive advantage with creating opportunity is really speed. I know how, because of my experience and track record in two markets, Denver and Des Moines, and knowing different parts of the city, knowing brokers, knowing what the tenant's going to look like, knowing what rents are going to be, that I can move and underwrite faster than almost anybody, especially larger institutions. And so when you, when you move fast and when that's your competitive advantage, what that's going to create is some chaos and some disorganization, right? And so we're able to move really quickly, but then the wave that that leaks, leaves behind is chaos and disorganization. And so we have to have people that embrace chaos, right? That like there's a method to our madness, but that out of that chaos, we're able to produce disproportionate returns that are risk adjusted because the properties we're buying at a low basis. And so if someone likes things to be really neat and tidy and super organized, then our culture really isn't going to fit that, right? Because we, we create a lot of chaos. And anytime you're in construction and property management, it's a messy business. It's really, as someone talked about the other day, it's like street fighting, you know, it's hand-to-hand -hand combat, it's messy, 
it's it's ugly sometimes, right? But that's where we're able to create value for ourselves and for our partners. And so just really being able to identify that, that, hey, look, if having things disorganized and somewhat chaotic is going to really bother you, and that's not going to bring out the best and you don't thrive in that kind of environment, then this probably isn't the right, the best place for you. But I've never been able to articulate it that well. And so the last couple of months sitting down with Philip and spending time where just him and I would turn off our phones and we say, hey, what is the culture so that we can communicate that to people? And so it's been an amazing process. Really kudos to Philip for forcing me to spend time thinking about that. Because as I've spent time thinking about it, it's really crystallized what are we best at? And out of that, we can define what our culture is and then we can communicate that to people. And so I really encourage anyone out there that's hiring or looking to hire looking to scale is spend some time thinking about culture because it r- really makes it black and white when you're sitting down with someone, whether or not they fit, you know? And right now we have a culture of people that all are aligned and they all have embraced, you know, those things that I just discussed. And it's, it makes it a lot of fun. You know, I show up at our office and like everyone's energized, everyone's, you know, pushing towards the same direction. Everyone has a high sense of urgency. Everyone's really passionate about what we're building. And that's really what it takes, you know, to do, what we're trying to do at the level and the speed that we're doing it. So it's been an incredible learning lesson. Obviously it's been challenging, somewhat stressful, but I think long-term the reward is going to be worth it. There's some great thoughts, man. Yeah. We spent a lot of time time thinking about that. Because it's very well articulated and, you know, following your logic was, was fun. I probably recite that 10 times a week with people that we're talking to. I'm like, look, before we get any further, this is what it's going to look like to work here. And if that doesn't resonate with you, then this isn't right. We can like each other and, you know, there's no hard feelings, but I just want you to know this is what it's going to be like. And, uh, you know, not everyone has to be, no, I'm not trying to hire a team of people that are like me, but they need to agree and understand that this is what it's going to look like and really be comfortable with that and, and believe that they're going to thrive in that kind of environment. But it's been an amazing exercise. The book that we got it all from is called Traction. So Philip's been reading that. We go through it together and it's really helped us define and filter know what we're all about and we're still a work in progress i think every year we'll probably go through this exercise and say hey how have we changed but i think at the core you know speed and being nimble is is our strength and our competitive advantage in these markets and so we have to keep that the main thing we have to really realize that investor returns is the main thing and we want systems and process but not at the expense of returns and so there's that tension of hey let's create systems and process Let's get, let's create some organization, but not too much organization to where we can't identify and move quickly and out, you know, outpace our competition. You know what I mean? And so we're constantly trying to juggle those things. And I think that's one of the amazing things about Philip is he's a great compliment to my personality because he wants things precise. And while I like precision when it comes to money and the numbers, I still have to be able to like move quick enough to get things done, right? Where, that Which is what creates the value. And so the combination of his desire for precision and my ability to create opportunity at scale with speed has been a lot of fun. And I'm really excited about the future with. And that's a great thing to look for. It's a complimentary. That's right. You know, hundred percent play to your strengths. You're, you're wired this way. He's wired that way. That's right. And that's not right or wrong. It is what it is. And when you get everything synced up like that, I mean, magic. Yeah. Amazing stuff happens. That's really cool to hear, man. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. So traction, right? Traction is the book. Identifying the culture is the punchline. I encourage everyone to identify your culture. All right. So moving on to three, create more content with Chris Lopez and bigger pockets. Chris Lopez right in front of me. Yeah. And we're creating content. 
I think we've done that. You know, we've launched season one of the multifamily mentors, previously known as the tribe of multifamily mentors, which is my favorite title. We'll digress from that. And so we've done that. I think we had 12 episodes. We had 12 guests fly into Denver. They flew into Denver while the pandemic was still going on. So we had some people that really believed in the thesis of the show. And the show is around all things multifamily. So we had young operators that were in their 20s that left college to pursue syndication. We had some of the top property managers around the country come in. We had some of the top underwriters. So some some guys that own thousands of units that are really amazing at underwriting properties and raising capital. We had some lenders on the show, some people that specialize in construction on the show for multifamily, and then some brokers. And so I think what we offered people is anyone that's looking to get into multifamily or grow their multifamily business, this is like a one-stop shop to learn all things multifamily, to go really deep on certain tactical mechanics of multifamily and different aspects of each category. And then also it was an in-person show. So you and I have been listening to podcasts for years and you hear all this stuff on Zoom and this and that, and it's fine. It's good. But we felt like a Joe Rogan style in-person interview about multifamily would really be special. And that's what we did. And so I'm really excited about some of the comments we've been ha- we've, we've had and some of the relationships we're building with fans that have reached out that are saying they want to come work with us or they want to come spend time with us or they want to do deals with us. So that's been really special. I think, you know, you put together an incredible team. Uh, you can talk more about the team you put together, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I get super fired up every time I walk in the studio and we have new guests here and we're talking, you know, we're meeting people and talking about ways that they've solved problems and different ways that they've been able to like raise capital or solve problems on apartments and property management techniques and nuances. So it's been amazing. Anyone that's interested in multifamily, I really encourage you to go to YouTube, check out the show. I think you'll you'll find it to be really valuable. And while you're there, make sure you like it, leave a comment. Subscribe. Subscribe to the channel. Yeah. Bump up the, st- the stats for us. That's right. Bump but like, yeah, I agree with you, man. The uh, That show has been, um, it's been a blast. Like huge learning curve, but it was a blast doing it. Just getting to meet all these people and doing the in-person aspect. Like, I remember we debated that. We're like, hey, you know, we're, I mean, this is January, so pandemic's raging then. We're like, you know, we're going to do it in person. Do we allow remote? Yes or no? We decided no. Some people canceled. Totally fine. But the rest loved it. And it was so much fun, like, spending the day with people. And just the the quality conversation's a lot better, I think, face-to-face. Yeah, we had a lot of pushback early on. They were like, oh, we don't think you should do that. But you and I stuck to our guns. We're like, no, in person. That's where really special conversations are going to come. The energy, the content, I thought we took, it went, really went to another level. And kudos to the guests for flying out here. They spent their own money most of the time. You know, sometimes we were helping them with you know, um, where they were staying. But I mean, it was incredible. I, we got, you know, I just really encourage anyone that's interested in multifamily, go check it out. Multifamily mentors on YouTube, leave a comment, send us your thoughts, send us ideas. You know, we're pretty excited. We just got invited. Uh, to do season to produce season two yep. with bigger pockets and season two i think is even going to be better we're going to have new guests on some old guests we're going to be taking property walks so we're going to basically combine what we were doing before which was the real estate ride-along show with multifamily. we have guests from around the country flying in hear about their story and then go walk properties and see them shine in the area of multifamily that they specialize in so pretty excited about that the shows are gonna be a little bit shorter but we're gonna go deeper and we're going to have two episodes per guest. And the first episode is going to launch, I think, early November. So be on the lookout for that. 
And, you know, we would love for you guys to check that out and give us your thoughts. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I like the, the new show format because, you know, that's the interesting thing. You know, we get a lot of great data since, uh, you know, Bigger Pockets has so many viewers on there and get these great metrics on how can you make the show better. So I think going the two part show, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to do and just a new challenge to do. Exactly. So half interview, yeah. half, you know, property walk, hang out, uh, walk around town. I'm excited for that. So we got the Bigger Pocket show. We got a lot of media plans here, just doing more content, more local stuff. Uh, we got some more podcasts coming out on just hiring some more like, you know, local marketing people here, you know, editors, uh, media people, marketing specialists around the Colorado area. So check that out. We got a lot more cool stuff planned coming out uh, later this year and next year, which we'll uh, dive into future podcasts. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, people that want to work in a fast paced environment that want to work on the media side, on the brokerage side, if they're really good with, you know, finance or accounting, uh, on the asset management team. And we have so many opportunities between what you're building and we're building together that there's a lot of opportunity for people that fit the culture that we discussed that want to be in real estate and really build wealth. I mean, that's one of the things that I've been really focused on with the culture is defining that we're about wealth creation. You know, we're going to build wealth. And Mm -hmm. that sometimes that takes a lot longer than a high paying W2 job. Sometimes it's most of the time it's harder, right? You're going to have to sacrifice more things, delayed gratification, but in the end it's worth it, right? I mean, building wealth is not easy and it takes a lot longer than traditional, just high earning income, you know, W2, but that's what we're about, you know, and being able to, and then people that are really grasp that and are like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to build wealth through real estate. I mean, that's what we're doing here. You know, both on your team and on my team. At, at the core, it's about building wealth That's the real theme. estate. That's the theme, build wealth. And so, yeah, as long as so, you know, during the NBA finals, you know, one of the coaches was like, everything you want is on the other side of hard. Everything you want is on the other side of hard. And I was thinking, you know, financial freedom is what most people come to us and ask us, how do you get there? How are you how do you do what you're doing to get financially free? And I think that, you know, what I've been thinking a lot about is everything people want regarding financial freedom is on the other side of delayed gratification. And delayed gratification is not fun at all. Not buying things you want, not taking the trips you want when you want to do them, not spending money, you know, because sometimes spending money feels good, but like not doing the things that feel good right now for a future reward is, I think, the secret and the found, like the fundamental thing for building wealth. You know, it's, it's not fun. It takes a lot longer. Some of your friends are going to be buying things that you want to buy that you could afford, right? But when you have that vision of like, no, I'm going to build real wealth, like sustainable generational wealth, that's, that's what we're about. And it takes sacrifice. You're not going to get there unless you're willing to give something up that other people aren't. Otherwise, everyone would be there, right? And so people that resonate with that and want that and want to be around people that are doing that, I think that's the the culture we're building and the team of people that we're both building is they're like, yeah, I'm going to forego this now for something 10 X down the road. And that's really what it, I think it'll maybe be bigger than 10 X, but that is the trade that people have to be willing to make is, yeah, I'm going to give up some comfort and some things that might make me feel better right now. So that in the future, I'm going to have 10 to 20 times what I thought I would or what I have now. And that's what it's about. And so people that are listening that want to be a part of that, I think they should reach out, reach out to you, reach out to me, reach out to Diana. And, you know, there's so much opportunity on both of our teams and we're looking for talented people that are hungry, humble, and that want to build wealth. I am nodding my head. Boom. Very well said. All right. Last but not least, your fourth thing you wrote down here in the 2021 goals. 
Start every day with deep prayer and reading the Bible at 5 a.m. For those of you that don't know, I had a son May of 2020. So now he is one. He's a little over one. So those of you that have children and know that a one-year-old uh, most of the time gets up very early. So I've been getting up at 4, 5 a.m. And I have been able to most days spend time in prayer, reading the Bible, and then spending time with him. You know, And so him and I normally... I get, you know, so I let my, you know, my wife likes to sleep in. And so I spend time with Noah in the morning. We'll take a walk around the park. We'll listen to, you know, some worship music. We'll pray together. So that's been really, really gratifying and something that's been a great way for me to start the day. Naturally, some days he gets up earlier than others. So I don't get a chance to get it in. But, um, but yeah, it's been great. I, uh, uh, this has been, a, you know, I think my wife and I, after the first six months of not sleeping as much and, moving and you know COVID and all the things that come along with that you know we've settled into a really good routine and really good rhythm and so yeah i mean starting every day like that has i think really helped me this year um to have more balance and just think mental spiritual physical health you know all those things i feel like in a really great great space there and uh yeah excited to continue that uh, that routine had you kind of fallen out of that groove in the previous year yeah, I think that or why the more intense 2019 focus 20, in I think I just there were so many things, you know, my yeah, I was buying out my business partner, I had hired some other people that didn't work out, and it was just super challenging. You know, whenever you're going through a disruption like that where you know, the business partner that I'd had, we had kind of had a routine for 5-6 years and then he had some life things happen that he wanted to kind of go a different path and that's when I really started to syndicate and raise other people's money or you know, invest and raise outside capital and, you know, that's a totally different switch from just investing your own money. There's just a, you know, the bar really gets raised. There's more reporting. There's just, you know, you're under more scrutiny. So that was a big change for me. So I think 19 and 20, there was a lot of change, which, which really got me away from some of those things that I wanted to do, but it just didn't make it a priority. So going into 2021, I really wanted to prioritize that just because I had felt like not as much balance from the pri- previous years. So it's been good. I mean, it's been great making that a priority. And I think writing it down, having people ask me about it. I mean, it's been really amazing how many people ask me, hey, how's how's your morning routine going to prayer and reading? You know, so that's been great. You know, just having had that. people ask you oh, that from absolutely. the book. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Multiple people. Yeah. At the party. And yeah, just people reach out on social media or, you know, they've just asked me how I'm doing with that or how I'm able to balance that with the work that I have. So it's been a great accountability, like kind of yeah. check of uh, putting it in writing looking at it, having other people ask me about it. And so I think it, that's obviously why you write down goals. And I, that's one of the things I love about the book is it's out there for everyone to ask you and to be able to go back and check like, hey, I wrote this. Am I doing it? Come yeah, lay it out there. Lay it out there. Yeah. So let's let me let's talk about that. So let's plug because I, I can't believe this. Like, you know, already past the halfway mark, halfway mark, you know, starting to plan for quarter three. Yeah. Top the reminder was starting to plan for the 2022 book. <laughs> crazy. So, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, we got a much better process in place now. Howard, I got a great guy on board, uh, Steve, who's going to take a lot of the book publishing. It's going to be going to be phenomenal, a lot nice. easier, I think a much better product. But with that said, um, I plug it all the time. Give a quick plug as to why people should not only read it, but write a chapter in the next year's book. Yeah, so you've sell them an, for me, yeah, You've please. done an incredible job. I mean, this crowdsourced idea, you know, of getting the group of people, the community that you've really built here in Denver and Colorado Springs and Pueblo and starting to build in Northern Colorado of people that are starting to create passive cash flow through real estate investing. You know, you've built an incredible community and a lot of momentum with, you know, people from around the country and locally that have had excess capital or had equity in homes. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to follow this path, you know, and 
all the curriculum and the material you you and your team put out. It's been incredible. So I just encourage you, it's just a great community to be a part of if you love real estate. So if you're listening to this podcast, naturally you're intrigued by real estate. And if you're taking action, you know, the people that you'll meet uh, in writing the book and the community you'll be a part of is incredible. You know, it's just an amazing group of people. And it's a great way to hold yourself accountable and to just put yourself out there. And I think when you're vulnerable, there's a lot of good things that happen because you're able to find other people that feel the same way, maybe have the same strengths or weaknesses, and they can relate with you and they reach out. And you just start to build relationships with like-minded people. So I highly encourage you out there listening to submit a chapter, get involved, take action, and uh, yeah, build some relationships with, uh, with the community that Chris has. I might have to ask uh, Philip to write a chapter after hearing all about that. Yeah, so. no, Philip's incredible. Yeah, he could, write a, <laughs> he could write a great chapter on being a team leader of hiring, building culture. I know, I want to learn from he him. He could build a great chapter, yeah. It could all be right. a great episode on the podcast or a great chapter. Yeah, he's, he's really spent a lot of time. In fact, the, one of the tasks that I gave him before we hired him was he spent some time with me in Denver, maybe two days. And afterwards, I said, I want you to write a report on the strengths and weaknesses, kind of a SWOT analysis mm-hmm. on the company and what your action points would be in 2021 to fix it. And the big thing was traction. There's the book. He referenced all these things of here's how we should hire. Here's how we should train. Here's the people that we should hire. Here's, here's how we should do that. And it was, he was spot on. And that's when I knew I was like, this is the guy that I need. And so I'm super fortunate, really blessed to have him on the team. And I'm really excited about the team that we're building. Terrence, this has been great. I always love catching up. I always, uh, like how you write down your goals, you evaluate them, man. Uh, this has been phenomenal. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And I love what you guys are doing here, the podcast, the material, the content you're putting out, you and your team. I mean, it's, I think you would say you're just getting started, but man, it's like really, really special stuff. So keep up the good work, man. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, talking to Terrence Doyle here. If you've not gotten your 2021 book, email us. We're more than happy to send you our free copy, info at envisionrea.com. Go on Amazon.com, get on Kindle or paperback there as well. And I can't believe I'm already saying this, but uh, start thinking about your chapter for 2022. All right, everyone. See you soon.